basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college basketball. Now, obviously, we had a really interesting weekend. We will do a little recapping from last week as well. Um, you know, Texas Tech had a really good win over Oklahoma down the stretch. Jameer Nelson, Jr., Went off triple overtime for Baylor. Pretty crazy there. You know, Zona got caught looking ahead, but they ended up getting the job done at Oregon anyway. Auburn had a tough week. Uh, my co-host, you know, Tar Heels got a nice dub on the road. Duke and Kentucky rallied. Um, BYU had a really tough schedule this week. Managed to fend off Texas. We'll get into all the recap, and then this week and weekend, Houston's got a big week. They're at Texas, and then they got to go at Kansas. So we're going to find out a lot about them. But if you look at, like I said, during the week, there's some matchups we'll definitely talk about. But, man, Saturday feels like the whole top ten is facing off against each other. Should be really interesting. Some of the top two teams or top four teams when it comes to, you know, these conferences. So, yeah, we'll definitely start with recap. We'll, we'll preview next week and kind of give you the conference whip around per usual. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open. Download the show there directly. You can find this here College Ball Show under rope it radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. Make sure you download the podcast app. Um, while you're at it, head on over to thegruelingtruth.com at Sports News 24. One more thing about Direct TV Stream, the leader in sports on Sunday and every other day. Direct TV Sports Central gives fans access to every pro football playoff game you can stream and all in one convenient place. Now, we all know there's only one left, though, so this is a little outdated. Uh, but get the best in streaming TV, stream live sports, on-demand shows, and must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere across your favorite devices. For a limited time, we're talking about the Choice Package. You can get it for $83.99 a month for the first two months, say $50 with that Choice Package. Direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. First and foremost, how are you doing, sir? And like I said, man, we had a we had a heck of a weekend, and that Saturday is just jam-packed with rank versus rank versus rank. And like I said, most of it's like in the top 11 or 12. Yeah, so this Saturday I'm supposed to um, turn in my leased car and get another one. But from looking at the schedule of games, I might have to do that now Thursday. Like, that was not the plan, but Thursday may <laughs> need to be lease my new car Thursday so I can be good to go Saturday because Saturday I don't want to spend a couple hours at dealership or, or maybe do it out. Our dealerships open on Sunday. That's a double point. Are they? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay. Well, there's nothing. Now, you know, it, that's in the South, so maybe, you know. The Bible says something about dealerships not being in. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but uh, no, it should be because usually they'll they'll have those you know big sales all weekend and stuff. Oh, you're okay, cool. But yeah, this Saturday I need to book time to watch college basketball. I was just telling you before the show, 
uh, my high school coaching basketball life keeps me busy on weekends. But this Saturday, obviously Carolina Duke at 5:30 Saturday. I never miss that game, uh, barring a, a Noah's Ark flood. So I'm looking forward to it. This should be a very fun week of college basketball. And like you said, it, it was a good week this past week, and I think this week, just from a, a matchup meter, I think we're going to be more spoiled this year. Uh, or this week, Chris, we have a lot of uh, highly contested um, top twenty-five versus top twenty-five matchups, which is always fun to discuss. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, your squad seventy-five, sixty-eight at Florida State, which yeah, maybe they're not as good as they were in in the last maybe two years or whatever, but. Still, we always talk about road wins and how you know hard they are to come by. Um, that was a nice win. Houston really blew out Kansas State at home. Um, Kentucky got down against Arkansas really, really early. They end up storming back, then got down a little bit. Because, you know, when you make your run back, generally the other team's going to make another run, and they did, but then Kentucky ended up, Closing that out to an Arkansas team that's struggling mighty, 63-57. to Iowa State, though, 79-75, big, big, big win against Kansas home court once again. But Auburn, man, Auburn, whew, they, they, they had a rough one this week. Bama beats them um, at home for Bama, and then they go on the road against Mississippi State, and they can't get that one either, 64 64- to 58. Um, Illinois keeps rolling. They beat Indiana on Saturday. Like I said, that Texas Tech Oklahoma game, two free throws with like, I don't know, four or five seconds left. Really put that away. It made it 85-84 or 85-81. They hit a three late, but in the end, it didn't really matter. It didn't look good for the Dukies either against Clemson. Uh, But they managed to get it done. I saw you know, some clips on Twitter about the last thing, and uh, was that a fall or not a fall? I think that was a pretty easy thing to call. You know, Marsha, we talked about Seton Hall and how, uh, you know, in the first show of the year uh, that we had about, man, they're on top, and, and the next thing you know, man, they, they've had a rough stretch. They've lost, I think, three in a row. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about from Saturday. Utah State on the road. In overtime at Boise State, that's a pretty good team. They're really getting their stuff together. Um, and Colorado State, who's been really solid, another overtime uh, matchup. Wyoming, not football, basketball. Wyoming beats Colorado State 79-76. Um, a lot, lot, of, lot of up and down and all around Saturday, man. I was just listening to a gambling podcast about college basketball, and I guess um, most people would bet Colorado State. They were up 11 points with, like, 93 seconds to go in that game. Yeah. So uh, if you're up 11 with under two minutes, that, that's high school, college pro, That's um, that's got to be a must win. Like, Oh, that 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 one's that's tough to swallow. If you blow a double digit lead with under two minutes, that's not how basketball is supposed to be played. But that's why sometimes you gotta you gotta drag out the game. Like you know, sometimes it gets a little tedious during college basketball, where it's like, dude, why are you felt like you're down seven? Like, but sometimes, though, Chris, this is a perfect example of you know, it, sometimes it, even if it is one out of fifty, that one win for your team for the season can be huge. 
So you do start fouling with 10 or, you know, down 10, down 12, but keep doing, keep doing. And sometimes you get a little momentum. And next thing you know, you win a game you're not supposed to win. So, uh, yeah, that was tough. Um, also, I see the in that same box score area, BYU beat Texas. Um, a group of like 10 BYU kids who were sitting front row had shirts that said horns down. Each kid had a letter. And oh, you knew that was coming. They were asked to remove their shirts after like the first TV timeout. How, how soft have we become as the, I, I'm, I, again, there's a difference of like swearing, being racist, being over the top, but you're making oh, there's kids. There's plenty of things that you could say, hey, dude, you can't fucking do that, you know? But, but, but that's not ho- one of them. No, I know, I know. Wearing horns down shirts and they had to remove their horn. And mind you, this game was at BYU. There was no middle <laughs> fingers, like, come on in the sec i'll tell you this they take it out their horns down shirts if they do they'll have it spray painted on their chest by the second half so oh, and then and so texas fans have never trolled anybody or never I, done yeah, anything I, I they, don't, know, they don't believe I, in that i i guess they they must only they must only do golf claps and they must be very played in austin that's, that's on byu dude that's that's nonsense I, yeah, take off your horns down shirts. Come on. Like, it's still okay to be a college kid and just have some fun with, and again, it's not even disrespectful, but <sighs> I digress. Uh, you know, I will, I will give you props, brother. Um, you did say Illinois won, which they did later in the week, but earlier in the week, you called this on last week's uh, podcast, which I, w- if I wasn't so busy, I would have bet it. Um, Illinois went to Northwestern. You said yep. Northwestern's been a very scrappy team this year. Northwestern won at home against Illinois. So Illinois did beat Indiana, which is a good win, but Northwestern, a sneaky yeah. team. They're normally pretty much always a bubble team each year. They're, they're off to a great start in the Big Ten this year so far. So Northwestern, hats off for that win. And you're right, Kentucky, you had an upset win earlier in the week in South Carolina, which probably wasn't expected. Yeah. You were back and forth with Arkansas, and they kind of pulled away. You could just tell they were a better shooting team. I watched that game. Uh that Arkansas was Arkansas had a lot of kind of like unforced turnovers, but if you're Kentucky, hey, you still have but you still have a single digit ranking next to you, and th- there are those stretches like we said last week. You're you're going to have um, multiple road games in some weeks, and no matter what the team's record is, especially if you're a ranked team, road games in season when you when you're a ranked team on the road, it's just tough because you know you're getting that best team's punch and in college basketball. A lot of arenas have full capacity. The kids are going to be out there wearing shirts or not, you know, with signs or whatever. It's, it's always a tough environment. And to lose to South Carolina and bounce back, that was a nice kind of gritty win. Yes, Arkansas's record looks like trash, Chris, but, you know, he, he recruits the people. The talent's yeah. there. They just haven't been playing quite as a team this year. Yeah, and speaking of BYU, now we may, you know, not agree with the, the powers that be that made the kids take the shirt off, but if you look at the last four games, you know, like Iowa State, Texas Tech, Houston, Texas, that's a tough stretch right there. They're 2-2 two two in that stretch. They, they bookended. They, they started with a win at home at Iowa State, <coughs> lost competitive games at Texas Tech, and then home to Houston, for Christ's sakes, but then come right back and beat Texas. So BYU has kind of been one of those Kind of under the radar in a sense, not like, oh, dude, they're making a run, but like, you know, we're talking about teams that transferred over, right, into a new uh, conference, and it's yes. not like they're just stepping into, you know, 
some random little conference here. You know, they're stepping into the best conference. So I'm pretty impressed by that. Speaking of Houston, you know, they, they we talk about back-to-back losses. They lost at Iowa State and at TCU, and now they've strung four in a row. Um, Texas Tech, they beat, they really walloped them. Uh, Central Florida, who's been pretty decent this year, BYU, I just mentioned them, and then got that win, a strong win at home, 74-52. So they kind of got back on, you know, you could say the good foot. Speaking of the comebacks, Florida was up like 21 points with like a little over 10 minutes, maybe 11 or 12 minutes, and it was tied under a minute. Uh, now, they did pull it off, and John Reistein has this uh, stat here. I love these stats. Florida is now 10-1 this season in games where Will Richards scores double, double figures. An important week for the Gators, who won both of their home games, are now 4-6 and six in position to be in position. Kind of interesting. But, yeah, that, that was looking like they were going to, you know, mess it up. And then we talked about Arizona. They got the job done. No doubt, but they looked ahead. They looked ahead. They lost to Oregon State at the buzzer, 83 to 80. They started out 8 0. Now they're 6 and 5. So they still got a nice win. Definitely got a nice win, but they still got some stuff to figure out, my friend. I'm t- I, you know, with Arizona, I, I don't know if it's the coach. Like, there's and I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll let you know my my favorite teams this year to watch and cheer for are like for just from a, a obviously aside from Carolina is like Arizona, FAU and Houston obviously they're all different but for Arizona if you watch them play last year watch play this year the amount of offensive talent they have is is high level it's maybe one of the best in the country just from like a personal player like damn that he can play he can play he can play and they have three guards they have three sorry three bigs who are all over seven foot they all handle the ball like. When you watch them play, they're like, dude, how does this team lose? But I really think it comes down to, yes, you're a loaded offensive team, but you still got to play as a team. And defensively, how good are you? Like, defensively, they start off the year strong, but that is still my weakness for them. Where And I get that realistically, Chris, like, we, we you know, you ain't going to have the Golden State Warriors or, like, you know, these elite NBA teams because a lot of college kids are either – very stout defensively or very stout offensively. And obviously a lot of times the defensive IQ grows in a player as they go up to higher levels. So I get you're asking for a lot, but man, that team, they're just strange. Like on given nights, they can drop 90 and they look like they're world beaters. But then, like you said, they slip up against Oregon state who had only two conference wins before that, or you slip up against Wazoo. So I, they're, they're a hard team to put your finger on. Um, I still think they'll make a March run, but Last year, they faded away at around March time, and this year they've had some losses to the bottom, bottom tier of the Pac-12. So it's a hard team to describe, but the, the they can score points. They just don't always like to play defense. Uh, they're weird, man. They're weird. And, you know, there's not a bunch of quad one wins available in that conference. True. So no, that's going to mess up your seating as well, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting because <clears throat> there are such a thing as bad losses too. Now, it's not – you know, as uh, highly scrutinated as like a, you know, scrutinized, scrutinated. I don't know what the fuck I just said. Scrutinized <laughs> as uh, <laughs> scrutinized. I got to put this, this thing down. I, it doesn't have any liquor out. I got to check to make sure there's no liquor. <laughs> um, or maybe pour more. <laughs> yeah, that that could be. <laughs> um, but 
I, oh yeah, obviously if it's one, you know, if, if if you're comparing a team that has, you know, one loss, that's going to be way more because you have more games and stuff. But yeah, man, that stuff doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't help you. That's for sure. Come March and Selection Sunday. Now, just real quick from last week, um, on a Tuesday, we talked about how Houston got the job done on the road. Kentucky did get beat handedly too, seventy nine to sixty two. That place was going nuts. Wisconsin Badgers found a way, and the kid on the free throw line was from Lakeville, Minnesota, for Christ's sake, some place that I think you're pretty familiar with. But that's Uh-oh. why you know Uh-oh. you're in Texas, right? Shots then, fired. You know, the border yes. wall. I'm starting to I'm starting to come around on this, okay? I'm starting to come around on this. Let's get rid of the bridge, all the bridges, and just put up a big wall, dude. Just be like, if, you, if you can make it past the river, come on over. But other than that, I'm starting to come around on the other way. These damn Minnesota kids going to Wisconsin. But they get the job done per usual, 61 to 59 that night. Um, Texas got a – you know, Oklahoma had been looking really good, highly ranked and all that. They beat them up pretty good that night. Um, and that was uh, last, you know, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, then we mentioned on Wednesday, Bama beating Auburn. That's a big win. In overtime, like you mentioned, 96-91, Northwestern got the job done, dude. They're, they've always been scrappy, right? Like, you, you know, and you've said they've been bubble cheap. But this year, they got a player, right, who could really do it. And it just they just feel a little different this year. I'm not calling for a Sweet 16. And by the way, I have yet to hear a Final Four pick. It's our fourth show or third show. I'm just just saying, okay. I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not being a dick or anything. But Colorado State had a rough one. They lost to Nevada too. No disrespect to Nevada, who got their ass whooped by New Mexico. New Mexico's really starting to uh, pour it on. It's like kind of going reverse, you know. Um, Last year they had this great start, then fell apart. This year, kind of mediocre at times, right? And then now they're really uh, doing their thing. But um, what else was? Oh, the um, you know Michigan State was battling with Wisconsin on Friday, but it just didn't matter, man. It was on. It was at home and whatnot, but it felt like they could maybe make some noise there. We talked about that's a key thing for you know key win. That would they could get right there for Michigan State, and it didn't happen, my friend. Yeah, you know, Sparty is just yeah. I, I you summed it up perfectly. I'm not. I'm you did. Uh, well, I will say this, Chris. I you want you want me to? I always make my predictions for the Final Four. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You don't have out. to. You don't have no, to. I'm no, just no, saying. No. Usually, we get at least two of them by now. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I normally always pick Have you one learned team. your lesson? Is that what no. it is? I'm, I'm just gonna give the, I'm gonna give my four teams I think I have a chance to make the final four, cause normally whenever I say this, the team will always like, they're always hot around this time of the year, then they fade away in March. But You're I, I'm going just, all four? I'm going all four. I don't oh care this year. I, 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 I was I, calling you out, and you yeah. were just saving it up. Alright, so, so this year I'm taking my Tar Heels. I'm taking FAU because I love John L. Davis. I'm taking um, Houston because I love Houston. Yep. And actually, my uh, – who do I got? Oh, and okay, so th- that's my three. Now, I do I do love Wade Taylor. He's 
probably my favorite guy to watch here in college basketball, but yeah. he has no help in Texas A&M, so I'm not going to pick them for Final Four. But so far, I got he's damn good player though. He, I got, I love him. So I got FAU, uh, Houston. Oh no, no, you know Houston, Carolina, and Arizona. My yeah, okay. Wildcats. Those are my four. Hopefully, I just want one, Chris. Just one. So <laughs> the Tar Heels. Yes. A wild. You got a wild card. Got a. I'd say it's a pretty big wild card. Not not uh, North Carolina, but uh, FAU, right? Yep. And then Houston and Zona. Yeah, so that that's right. a little chalky. But it, in college basketball, it's not really chalk because, as you know, like in, yeah, no. If you if you make it to March Madness, you have a chance for the Final Four. Not because yeah, Zona's not going to be a number one seed or number no. two seed at this rate. No, and, and definitely yeah. not going to be one. But no. Maybe not even two or three at this rate right now. Yeah. So and and Houston and Carolina, like they they have the pedigree of beginning college basketball. Like yeah. If you, if you said, hey, pick your final four for college football. Okay, well I'll take Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, and Michigan. Like okay, you know, okay, that could be it. But in college basketball, right. a Sweet Sixteen is one thing, but Final Four that's a whole different beast. So yeah, those are my four for now. Uh, and We've I'll seen keep... many of great teams crash and burn, my friend. <laughs> I know, I know. But you asked for it, I gave you four, and let, let's see how the cookies crumble. <laughs> well, you, you found a way to shut me up. I didn't think it was possible, but you did. I'm asking for one. He drops four on me, dude. That's impressive. I got to give you that. I, I don't know how smart it was, but I got to give you that. I got to give you that. I thought you Appreciate were maybe it. like, you know what? I'm going to hold off for a little bit. Let me get another couple weeks. Nope, ready. I, I'm ready. Um, that's what, that's one of the many things that I love about you, buddy. Um, let's start with our whip around and start okay. to preview next week, meaningful games inside these conferences. Uh, we'll start with the, the, the mighty, mighty big 12, which is going to be, what is it going to be? They're adding four, adding two. So yeah, it's going to be, it's still going to be huge next year because they're sure. actually adding two more. Uh, based off losing. Oh, two. one of my final four picks. Arizona's going to be there next year. Oh, man. Which is um, crazy. Yeah. So Texas Tech, man, looking freaking good. Sitting that top five and one. Iowa State's gotten some pretty damn big wins. Houston's right there. Kentucky now four and three. A bunch of teams with three losses. Uh, four of them. Or one, two, three, four. Four of them. And then a bunch of three and fours. But you still look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight ranked teams. And, you know, Oklahoma was looking pretty damn good there for a second. They're sitting at three and four. Uh, Texas, still a pretty decent squad there. Kansas State is four and three. They're not ranked. I mean, I know it sounds like a broken record, but, dude. And then look at the home records down the way. Like, that tells you a lot, too, when we talk about, you know, home and away and how tough it is in college basketball, my friend. I mean, this thing is living up to it, this this conference, man. So I just counted it up. Um, the top 12 teams are now on the Big 12. No one has more than three home losses on their on their resume. So UCF, who is like the, the 11th or 12th team in the Big 12, uh, they're 9-3 and three at home. Everyone else above them only has two losses or less. So that again, even yeah, four like, four you, haven't you, lost. Three yeah. have only one. Yeah, that's crazy. You you yes, I, I do realize that I do say all the time it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. 
But if you're a scrub team, you can ha- easily have four to five losses. Like, for example, West Virginia this year, seven to five at home. Or Oklahoma State, eight and five. Like, that's, you know, that's not embarrassing. Like, you still have right. a 500 record. But the Especially fact when that, you see who they played. Yeah, the fact that, yeah, Texas Tech, no home losses. Iowa State's undefeated at home. So is Houston. So is KU. TCU, one home loss. K-State, one home loss. Baylor, one home loss. Like, oh, my God. The top seven teams in the Big 12 don't. Maybe that's what I should do. Just bet Big 12 home teams every game. But, and it sounds kind of goofy and silly, but it, it's true. And, and then you kind of, and that kind of, and that's kind of what leads to a cluster in the conference because if no teams win and every team's going to play evenly and matched home and home and away games, like you're going to defend your home turf. You're going to go on the road for a gauntlet contest and you probably are going to lose there. So yes, Chris, it, it's crazy. Uh, I think BYU is surprising people a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I, you know, I would say I'm a little pro Houston with them being my pick. I enjoy watching them play. Maybe it would be for teams like BYU and Houston. Maybe you're now that you're in a more difficult conference. Could that challenge you as the year goes on? Possibly. Sure. Last year it was kind of like Houston, Memphis kind of always getting it out. BYU wasn't in clearly a conference that matches the big 12. Right. But on one hand though, brother, like you're still like, both having good years you're both ranked like you have the players that and you have the talent like sure you're in a more difficult conference but I don't think Houston's like a jokeful team like you have made some like deep final four elite eight runs and they're not used to seeing them every year either yeah you know? yeah so, so the, there's the, certain the things that you, you craft up to be true. like all right th- we're good at this like, you can tell your team one thing but if you haven't you know gone over it and had some confidence with it um, and actually done it in a game or whatever, certain items, I can play into it too, at least for the first year. And it's just crazy to see that KU has three losses. They're four and three. Yeah. And, but yet they're still ranked eighth in the country. Because <laughs> normally it's always KU's up top. Who's going to catch them? Well, shit, KU might be four and four with their next game. But when you have a single digit right next to you, clearly your losses are very respectable. So, yes, this is a very fun competitive conference. Um as we talked about last week, K-State's having a really nice year, and they're not even ranked, and they're 10-1 and one at home. So, Remember we con- talked about Central Florida and West Virginia? That's the two road games that were Kansas loss in there. I, and they're, and I mean, State they're too, bottom but, of the barrel for the – those I two mean, are bottom of the barrel for the Big 12. See, the Big 12, is, we could spend – we could probably do a full podcast show on this conference. Uh, Texas Tech, again – not many people picked you to be leading this conference so far. Yet you are. And Iowa State, you had you you were really solid for like the last like ten years, and you had kind of a two year hiatus where you fell apart, and now you're back up top. So damn, like I and that place. If you've never watched an Iowa State home game, they kind of have a really small arena. It's kind of just it's got good vibes. That it's got place the walk in high school vibe to it. Yeah. And you can tell because they're thirteen zero at home. Like Iowa State Cyclones, the Ames games, Ames Iowa. They they've had some special teams there, so that's a tricky place. So hey, I'm sure Chris, as this year goes on, maybe they won't have eight teams ranked, but they're probably going to consistently have five or six. Yes, and I know you got to beat each other up, but those teams are going to defend their home turf. And again, when you lose to a team who's ranked in the top twenty, they really don't drop you that much. Like yes, it's a loss, but is it a bad loss? No, you you played a team who's and maybe inside the top ten, okay, you got you took a loss, but that's not gonna like demote your demote your schedule. So it's a lot of fun. Um I I uh, Kansas, hey, for once, you you don't got any more free passes. For when we when we started doing this podcast years ago, 
is always like, man, can someone beat Kansas to ever win the freaking Big 12? Now it's like, dude, now you got some teams. You got more coming next year. Like, yes, Kansas could be the best team in the Big 12 this year. That's not uh outlandish thing to say. But you got teams that are going to press you, like Houston, Iowa State, Texas Tech is on a joyride, Baylor. Like, you know, it's it's no longer KU and everyone else. It's now KU plus. You got a lot of friends up top on uh, up top in the Big 12 with you. Yeah, the last few years we saw it, and, you know, Baylor won a chip out of that and whatnot. Houston yep. at Texas, we talked about it, and then Houston at Kansas. They have by far the Ooh. hardest week. Uh, Tuesday, Texas Tech at TCU, Oklahoma at K-State. Those are some of the big matchups when it comes to maneuvering. I mean, you could, you could, Houston could really make some hay by getting those two road wins, but they got to at least get one of them. True. Um, you know, that, that would help there. And that's going to tip here, uh, at eight o'clock central. So that'll be big. And like I said, you know, Texas Tech at TCU, that hasn't been, uh, the easiest place to do it either. Let's, uh, flip on over to the ACC, my friend. In the ACC, you know, there's that school that rocks Carolina blue. Uh, they call it the sky. Some may say God invented that color. But anyways, um, the Tar Heels are up top. Ten in a uh, row. I, I don't want to jinx it. They're playing good basketball. I'll just say that. Uh, somehow, a couple of the guys who were on that team two years ago when they played KU in the championship are still there. I, I do feel that this 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 is definitely a COVID year helping them out. Um. They've not started this good to a season. It's it's been it's been a minute. Uh, shit, I don't think I don't even think the 0-9 team, maybe the one of the best teams ever for college basketball. They didn't start nine and zero. So, uh, hey, off to a good start. Um, again, you have veterans. You definitely have some freshman guards this year who are stepping up to a higher role. Uh, but one of the biggest things they have Baycott. Baycott's one of the best bigs in the country. And I know as you look as like pro basketball has evolved and college basketball has evolved two to threes. Uh, three-point shots being shot a lot. When you have a solid big, though, that still makes everything so much easier. And Baycott's one of those guys where I don't know what he's going to be like in the pros, but for the college game, he's pretty much a guaranteed double-double. Uh, he's always just had the strong hands on the feet, and you have a guard in R.J. Davis, who, again, was on that uh, runner-up team two years ago. So you have the nice combination of a, a veteran team, let's see, with younger stars, and a coach who's – walked into a very talented roster, but clearly he's been doing an okay job. Like I obviously didn't know what to expect when Roy Williams left and Hubert Davis, I think has obviously done very good so far and he, he hasn't screwed up yet. And right behind them who they'll be playing each other Saturday, uh, Duke and Carolina Duke is in second place alone at six and two, a half game up on Virginia. Um, this Duke team again is uh, they've, they've had a uh, definitely a bit of a younger team. This is not quite the same team that played Carolina um, a handful of years ago, that Duke team that played in the Final Four a few years ago had some guys who've gone pro or who were older classmen. So I think that Duke team is developing. And as usual, again, I'm surprised they're not ranked yet, Chris. I guess that's because the Big 12 is using up all the ranking chips. But Virginia is a 6-3, and three, FSU is 6-3. They're just chipping away. Just I, chipping that, away. That, that, that ranking's coming. Uh, hey, for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton, you start the year a bit sluggish as as your 12 and 8 overall record indicates, but you're 6 and 3 in conference, you're pretty much tied for second place. I mean, a second to third place uh, mesh. And they're having a nice year. Um, they're, again, they're turning upwards. You could be a lot lower in this conference. So Carolina, Duke, Virginia, FSU, and then kind of goes into a huge card jam of Wake, Syracuse, Miami, Vodtech, NC State, 
and then Clemson's dripped down a little bit after they were ranked earlier. Miami's got to so, get their stuff together. It, and it, you know, it's with with these conferences growing bigger for football with basketball too. It's like, damn, you know, you look at these conferences, and, and on a given week, Chris, you can go from being third place down to ninth, just yeah. because they're they're so. It, I like the parity. But like you said, for Houston this week, you can't lose two games in a row because you could drop down seven, eight spots. Again, if you're Miami this week, if you lose two, you can now be in the bottom. Like, you could be 13th. But if but you, you win, win three in a row, boom, you're right th- back then up. You're second. You know? Yeah, so it, it, the parity is fun. But, damn, it, it really it really makes those losses. If you have a, a negative week where you lose two games in a row, now you're looking up at a lot of teams all of a sudden, brother. Kind of like the parity and the, the size of – a certain conference that I remember that was structured a little bit differently called the Big East. We'll get that in a second. Saturday will be the 49th time Duke and North Kakalaka, excuse me, have met when both of them are ranked in the AP top 10. Um, not only is that 35 more than any other matchup, but the rivalry spit, uh, split the previous 48 with an average score of 76.8 to 76. Both have 24 <laughs> wins, and North Carolina has that, that .8 on them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. we talk about even matchups. We talk about, you know, great matchups and great rivalries. And in college basketball, there's nothing that can compare to this one. Um, and obviously that's going to be on Saturday. Big, big game because Duke definitely needs that. It's at Duke, correct? It is at. Uh, it's at Duke. It, no, it, it's in Carolina. In Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So we'll finish the year at Duke. Okay. Okay. Um, well, then that's going to be much tougher. <laughs> I, I wrote <laughs> it down wrong. Um, so let's get to the Big East. Obviously, um, you know. UConn at St. John's is a big, big Saturday matchup in that conference. Talked about how Seton Hall sitting up there with only one win. They've lost three in a row now. It's not looking good. St. John's just kind of in between. Georgetown and Providence got it going. I mean, that crowd, they were, they were pumped for that game. Uh, you know, Providence ended up getting the dub. They're now above 500 at five and four, but, um, you know, Marquette and Creighton are kind of, you know, kind of settling in a little bit. They've been playing good at home. Um, UConn's up to eight wins in a row, but Marquette four in a row and Creighton, or Creighton, um, three in a row wins. Yeah, you know, for, uh, for Marquette, again, it, I, they're a good team. They just can't shoot the threes normally that well. Now, obviously, you look at the record. Hey, they're ten and one. They're they're ranked ninth. But if you watch their losses, they go ice cold. And it gets cold, cold. And the other part about them is like everyone loves their point guard Kolick. It's just he's really much. He's a really like kind of a past first point guard to me. And a lot of times in college basketball, like you normally your point guard normally is a, a scorer first. So it's kind of weird to see a. a and he's a good player. But when you're, he's a pass first point guard. His teammates can't shoot threes. So, uh, they're they're just an interesting team. But again, I, I can't talk too much bad stuff because I do like Shock as a coach, and their record's good. It's just they got to work on their outside shooting or figure something out. Uh, Creighton, man, they've been Chris. They've been solid for like the past four to five years. Every year they seem to change players. Every year they seem to be really good. And 
Um, obviously, as I said a few say a few minutes ago, that having Baycott as a big for Carolina helps them. That Kalkbrenner for Creighton again, a kind of a different guy than Baycott. He's more of a taller, skinnier guy. He's not really a huge. He's not super physical, but he's super tall and he handles the ball well. It has those little hook shots, and not many people uh, can guard him. Kind of like Edie with Purdue. Kalkbrenner has that same like, dude. I'm a tall. I'm taller than you. I'm gonna do little hook shots, and he's also good at um, covering the paint, blocking it. So they've been playing good ball. Uh, you mentioned St. John's. I think that Rick Pitino is getting the people he wants, and obviously, I think he's gonna do a great job there. But this is year one. I don't think expectations are for St. John's to make the Sweet 16. Like last year, they were they had like an average year, but give him maybe a couple years to get some recruits in. And like Patino, aside from maybe what he does off the court, that guy's really been a really good basketball coach. So in two years, I think St. John's could be really fighting for a Big East conference. I think they're maybe a bit away from it now, especially considering UConn. Um, hey, we said it last week. I said it the week before as well. They lost a couple of people, but those they brought in to replace those they lost are really good. And you can tell that because they're 18-2, and two, they're on an eight-game winning streak, they're undefeated at home, and there's no slip-up. There's no hangover effect. It's like, oh, we're the champions, we're going to kind of coast this year, or we're not going to be able to replace our people. Chris, they're, they're replacing it. And obviously, I'm not the Big East. No, no, country, no conference probably matches the Big 12 this year, which is a, a fair statement to make. But the Big East is probably a top-tier conference, and oh, you're yeah. still running through that like pretty easily so far. So I shouldn't say easily, but they're taking care of business. Uh, so until someone knocks them down a couple of pegs, uh, this is a team that should be making a nice run again. And it will. It, part of it's the coaching. Like the you were able to bring in new people and make a mesh with the team, and that hasn't missed a beat yet. So hats off to UConn um, to be eight and one. That's 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 a hell of a start. But as usual, if you defend your home court in college basketball, that keeps you up in the rankings. E- even the best teams, Chris, are going to have normally three to four losses on the road each year. But if you can stand a feet on your home turf, that makes your March Madness seed normally always really nice. So a double Patino take. One, I forgot to mention it when we were talking about the ACC. Bring the strippers back. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Bring them back. Bring them back. Okay? This is getting ridiculous. Okay? Um. And then, two, when you talk about expectations, did you hear what he said about, I feel like when we lose, I feel like committing suicide? No, did no, you, did no. Did you hear that quote? No. Oh, my goodness Jesus. gracious. Like, Man. Yeah, that it. sounds like yeah, nothing can match expectations of him, I guess. And, of course, yeah. that's what, you know, many great players and coaches and, you know, people have, you know, they set the standards high. Yeah. But, golly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, man, like I said, bring the strippers back. This is getting out of hand now. We need Louisville. Louisville, Louisville might be a D2 team next year, Chris. It's- we need them to be good. That's a great <laughs> stadium, great fans, everything. Uh, Butler Dons, yeah. in Providence has made some strides of late. Uh, both of them won three in a row. Providence at UConn and then Nova. Like, I go one and one, but, man, if, I don't see them winning, you know, at, at UConn. But, you know. That that's a tough schedule there. Obviously, Nova is not their normal Nova, but it's still Nova for Christ's sakes. Um, True. They're not Louisville. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Big Ten, right? Bring the strippers. I'm gonna get a team. So wait a second. If they have I got that, the mag- I got the magical twelve. You have bring the strippers back. Those are gonna yeah. be our shirts for the show. No wait. A second. Yeah. Speaking of t-shirts, now if Louisville fans started 
wearing those t-shirts. You think they'd take them away? Bring the strippers back. This is getting out of hand, guys. <laughs> Do you want a better gate at your games and charge more for your tickets? Then bring them back, for Christ's sakes, man. NIL. Just pay them NIL. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. All right, so Wisconsin got by, dude. They got by. That's how they do it. They grind it out. Uh, they're on a three-game winning streak, 8-1 and one on the tippy-top of the conference. Purdue, Illinois, there's that Northwestern we talked about. Maryland's kind of sneaky hanging around. They've won two in a row, too. Uh, Nebraska, you know, crafty. Um, they got a good player, no doubt about that. And By the way, Wisconsin at Nebraska before the Sunday game with Purdue coming in to Wisconsin. Ooh. So watch out for that one. Remember the Northwestern? Watch out for that one. And Purdue against Northwestern. Okay? So watch out for these games before you go ahead and look on Sunday when there's no football. Well, they'll be playing flag football. By the way, I like that setup better than what yeah. we were getting. Because True. it actually shows the skills of the players rather than what the hell was going on on the field uh, prior to that. So I, I actually like that. It was kind of fun to watch. Anyway, Purdue and Wisconsin, major matchup, number two against number six. Um, at, it's at Wisconsin, I believe. Um, but obviously it means a lot when they're only a half a game away. So th- this is a big, big – and, you know, three and three on the road. A lot of – look at how many road – look at Nebraska, one and five. Um one in four, Michigan State. A lot of, lot of losing records. There's only two winning records uh, uh, on the road. And go figure, it's the top of the conference. So there's some interesting matchups here, though. But um, you know, teams like Iowa, just on the lower half of the middle uh, of the pack. Michigan State, Minnesota. Finally, they stopped the bleeding. They got a win at Penn State. They haven't done it in a long time. That's another little weird place to play that can cause upsets but that was that was pretty good look at, look at minnesota two and three on the road i mean golly uh their their thing is hitting free throws and they finally hit them down the stretch they made a hell of a run dude they were down like i want to say 15 at half um they ended up my gophers ended up getting the job done but man a lot of big games i just mentioned Purdue Northwestern, Wisconsin Nebraska, and then Purdue Wisconsin, my friend. Uh, Purdue Wisconsin is going to be fun. Um, I need to see a little more of this Badger team because last year they were they were pedestrian and obviously I know that my co-host is a Gopher fan. Uh, my best friend Build is a, the wall. Build up. Uh, my, <laughs> my best friend is a Badger fan just because in the March Madness trips we go on, um, some of the people on the trip played for Wisconsin. Uh, so and it's always kind of just an interesting middle standpoint for me. I've always kind of just liked them both. Uh, but hey, if you're if you're Wisconsin, it would be another uh, big win to have. And if you're Purdue, the few times I've seen Purdue play this year, Edie has been unstoppable, and the wings have helped carry him. It, it to me, it seems like this Purdue team is probably refocused this year. There's probably some big sign in that locker room that says, "Don't forget last year when you when you all got embarrassed uh, as a as a number one seed." So. I think there's kind of that extra motivational level, which you've seen in college basketball, uh, that has led to a Gonzaga title or, or again, no, Gonzaga, um, making the final four, a Virginia title, a Carolina title. A lot of times in college basketball, 
when you choke a year prior, that next year you're on a war path. And this might be Purdue's war path this year. So, because again, if you haven't seen Needy play, he's, he's a very talented big. Obviously, he's got the height over almost anyone in the country and he's good. He, he knows what to do. He has his little baby hooks and his arms up in the lane cover up a lot of lane. So he, he helps him out on defense. Uh, but this year, Chris, it just seems like the guards from when I, and when I've seen them play, they've looked hot. It seems like the guards just kind of know how to feed off him a little bit better this year. So, when they travel to Madison, that's going to be a fun game to enjoy. Uh, obviously, both these teams are looking right now for very good seeds. I don't think either of them are going to fall off the deep end or sink down to the middle. Uh, but speaking of the deep end of the Big Ten, this still has me surprised. Because last week, I talked about how the middle of the Big Ten was a lot of teams who normally go to the um, uh, March Madness. Now, a lot of these teams have dropped down even more. Like, Michigan, Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa. Almost all of those teams pretty much consistently would be a above a 50% chance currents of making Torch Madness. And right now, none of those teams are making it, which is just hard to fathom. Again, Michigan has been... I just want to make the NIT, for Christ's sake, for my Gophers. I just... uh, But uh, it's... I I can maybe say this out because it's January, Chris, but if I, I, I can't give the same speech in February. Dude, if you're in the bottom, and I know, again, you can win a couple and sink back up top, but the fact that the bottom half of the Big Ten right now is pretty much all teams go to March Madness is bottom half. Um, It's fun to see a flip of a conference. And if you are one of the teams I just said, your window's shrinking. Because pretty much in college basketball, as you know, you pretty much got to have 20 wins or so to make the tournament. That's pretty much a a guarantee. It's not like a black and white. Yeah, unless you had like an injury or something, you know. Yeah. But you pretty much got to have 20 wins for sure. And for some of these teams, you're, you're chilling at 12 and 8, 13 and 7, 10 and 9, 9 and 11. Like 20 wins, dude, that means you're going to have to almost go out at a 70 to 80% winning clip. So I know you don't want to freak out quite yet because we're in January. But once that calendar turns next month, it's really hard. It's especially hard to go like 10 and 2 in February or, you know, something like that. So, the panic button's maybe not being hit yet, Chris, but someone's about to open up that little cover, and that red button's about to start flashing. So, again, I like seeing different teams up there, like Northwestern, Nebraska, Maryland. Cool. But, yeah, you, you got you to gotta get yourself on a hell of a run, and it, it's it, that panic button's about to get tapped. And it's just it surprises me just because the names are different, and that's all I'll say because I want to repeat myself again. <laughs> <laughs> Heading on over to the SEC. Ooh, this isn't this was a week. This isn't football, but Bama's on top. They have six in one record, um, one back-to-back games. Uh, not so good when it comes to the AP in USA Today. One against one in four when it comes to that. But they're on top right now. They got that big win over Auburn. Auburn dropped down, like you said. You lose two. Guess what? Uh, you drop down to fourth place. They're tied in a, basically a three-way tie with South Kakalaka, Auburn, and Kentucky. We talked about how Florida, that Florida-Georgia, that shows you how important that game was for Florida to hold on to that. They're both sitting at four and three. Big, big matchup, though. Big matchup. Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's got to do it, man. they they got to get this dub. Yeah, I, you know, Tennessee, again, you're, 
you're doing what you do every single year. You have a badass regular season, and you go into the March Madness. You normally can't make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Like, I'd be, I'd, I'd, it'd be tough to be in recent years. In recent, recent, yeah. Because you're, you're, remember, they used to overachieve. Remember when they'd they'd have mediocre years, and all of a sudden you're like, Elite Eight, what the hell are they doing here? Yeah, yeah, as a Tennessee fan, your football team has this point, and your basketball team, for the last handful of years, has a great regular season, and you kind of have a tough march. So, uh, you're right. That should be a fun one. Again, Kentucky right now is doing better than regularly expected. Normally, this is time of the year where Coach Cal says, oh, you just give my guys some time. We're learning how to play. Well, you've kind of skipped that part. You're 5-2. and two, you're, you're ranked 10th. You're having a nice year. You've kind of maybe skipped the growing phase. Maybe you've done a better job of drawing your players together. And you went through a, a road test week where you lost one pretty embarrassingly. You got pushed by uh, Arkansas, and you hold on for a one there. Uh, and now, yeah, you're just looking to go against Tennessee, which it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee won. Um, I think they're a little more of a veteran-based team. But, yeah, that should be a, a very fun weekend shit. Last week, Auburn wasn't – or, sorry, Alabama wasn't ranked. Right. But – there for the last few games. Hey, you beat Auburn, you beat LSU, uh, and you did lose. Oh shit, Tennessee beat you by twenty. So man, the SEC, <laughs> the these top. I think a lot. Let me say this: the I feel that the Big Twelve and the Big Ten, there is a there is a middle and a top of the conference, and I feel that that middle and top is kind of like smeared together in a way. I from what we've seen so far, Chris, I think that the SEC kind of has a top tier. I think there's kind of a little bit of a, a deeper drop than you've seen in the Big 12 or the Big 10. I feel like the sure. the Alabama, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, and then there's a little bit of a drop-off. I think that's a bigger stretch than the Big 12 or the Big 10 where you can kind of see those middle teams are, could still poke up to the top. I think that this one's a little more split up, which is normally, you know, it's normally how college basketball works, but I don't think that this tournament, or excuse me, that this conference will have as many teams making um, it to March just because it's a little more top-heavy. But those top four are four really four to five are really four to five damn good teams. And Kentucky, don't get caught peeking when you play the Florida Gators on Wednesday. Don't no. you dare get caught peeking. I think that's a home game, so you should have your act together. But I don't know, man. And that's the always a good rivalry. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The peak ahead, they've been playing better. Three in a row. I mean, it's it's interesting. Heading on over to the Pac-12. At this point, it's the Pac-2. Now, they've kind of figured out basketball and, and, and their football schedule for next year. We'll see where they end up. You know, it does sound like they may keep that Pac-12 banner and then move the Mountain West into it ultimately. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um you know, you say, oh, Zona's on top. Obviously, that was a meaningful game because it's 6-3, and three, both of them. You know, they dropped that game to Oregon State. But look at that, 6-4, and 6-5. Look, look at the four. I mean, that is tied up with the four losses. I know. Have, I mean, it, it's really – I mean, you could go all the way down to Cal and Ukula. They're only two games out. It's pretty insane. And speaking of UCLA, Ukula is like a – Ukula, to a lesser extent, but still kind of – Head scratcher, USC. Definitely uh, both of those teams underachieving, especially UCLA, though, right now. They really t- – you said, you know, you got to get shit together. Well, they better get their shit together. I think they've already hit the panic button. 
Um, again, <laughs> they had a nice little start to the Pac-12 conference play after a really rough kind of pre-conference season. But you're still you're still floating like you're still tread water in the deep end. Like that team, like I know in the Big Ten, you gotta like the panic button's about to get shown. Like UCLA, like dude, and it's so weird because that team has had some Final Four. Like they've had some really good runs. It's just maybe. Maybe just this isn't, you know, I don't know, this isn't the year. Like, hell, uh, Carolina had that really nice Final Four run, held the championship run. The next year they were sluggish, now they're back on top. So maybe it will be just one year where UCLA, hey, this is an off year. Like, those those do happen. They don't seem to ever happen for, like, you know, Alabama with Nick Saban. But besides most teams like in college or football or college basketball, sometimes you have a down year. Th- those do occur. But – it is rare, like you said, Chris, see them that far down. Because if you watch them play, the talent is still on the court. It, that There's no lack of ability. But you guys are creeping away up. And like I said, if you want to make March Madness, you need to pretty much have 20 wins. They're 9-11. and 11. So they, they're they not a conference yeah, they, one get the one. they may yeah. have to win the Pac-12 championship, dude. Yeah, and uh, for the teams who are just kind of nice surprise stories, I guarantee Washington State was not predicted to finish this high right now. Hey, right now you're in uh, second place by a half game. And Colorado. Yeah, uh, Colorado, yeah they looked better. Yeah, they're looking pretty good, actually. They're 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 fun to watch. I, I watched them at the start of the year in one of their non-conference tournaments. Offensively, they're gifted, and they got that really nice center uh, from TCU, Lumpkin, who, again, Colorado's got pieces. I, I need Did to see Dion the help with that play. transfer. I'm sure I, 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 I think, he, yeah, it might be tussle NIL <laughs> money in there. Uh, but I will say, hey, they're one in five on the road. If you want to be good in college basketball, you don't got to be above 500, but you got to have, uh, you got to have a chance. Like one in five on the road tells me you're, you're, you're growing, but you got to, again, three and four, two and six, but something, but that one is like, ah, you're, you're still, you're still putting the pieces together that, like, for example, Arizona three and three, Oregon three and two, uh, Washington State two and three, Arizona State two and four. You need to get a, get a few more gutsy wins, and then right. I think that will help build the a DNA up for you. But yeah, you're right, dude. That I that it's a massive log jam. It's gonna uh, be eight. It may not be great or whatever, but it's it's gonna be fun to watch. That's for amen. sure. How it plays amen. out. Um, I wanted to give some love to the AAC, okay? FAU, obviously, right there at the tippy top, tied. Final four pick. With Charlotte. UAB, Memphis was 4 0. Now they've lost three in a row. But USF, UAB, even, even North Texas. Um, and then for the Atlantic 10, Richmond and Dayton are the ones that I definitely would highlight there as far as the. The mid-majors go. I just won't, you know, I wanted to give a little love to other mid-majors as well before we land on the best mid-major, which we found <laughs> out last year. Uh, Amen. Conference. Um, once again, I mean, look at Wyoming at four and three. That's kind of a surprise. Colorado State was ranked no longer. They had a little rough one there. New Mexico's getting their stuff together. They've won five in a row now. Um and in this uh, conference, Boise State on Wednesday, Boise State at uh, New Mexico, and on Tuesday, San Diego State at Colorado State. So that's definitely some meaningful games beyond what we already got here. But um, 
you know, New Mexico, man, they're they're starting to really figure it out. Now, all of their – I think they have four quality wins. All of them are at home. So, you know, you're just talking about how you got to step up and get some nice – um, nice road victories in there, but they got a roster, man. They're they're damn good. They're good. Like I said, that second. Half, I mean, they were already kicking Nevada's ass, but that second half they tore them up, eighty nine to fifty five. They got a game against Boise State at Wyoming, which you know is not that easy. UNLV, um, another San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, Utah State to close. So there's plenty on their plate there. Um, to, to get more quality wins and, and to stay consistent. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at it right now, you know, anything can happen, obviously. But just looking at it right now, that matchup to close the season could be an interesting one with New Mexico and Utah State, my friend. Well, I mean, the fact Mashburn has, like, NBA G League potential, and so does uh, Jalen House. Like, the fact that you have two guys in your backcourt who could one day be in the NBA or be in the G League, that's all you got to know. Like, if that team can get it together, and like you said, not collapse like they did end of last year, uh, on any given day in college basketball, if you have two guys who have NBA potential careers, you have a chance to win any game. And Mashburn, was he had a hell of a year last year. He's having a pretty good year again this year. So I think that alone is one reason why you have to look out for that team this year. Um I, I cannot speak for all the other teams in the Mountain West, but I don't think many of them have a – future potential NBA backcourt. So, again, does that give you everything? No, because last year they didn't make the tournament. So it's not perfect, but the skill set's there, and I think maybe last year was a growing point, and they're obviously having a little better year right now so far as they did last year. So um, I know you love talking about the conference because they they play good basketball, and not a lot of people know about them because there's not that East Coast love, but it's a good conference of basketball, and they're a fun team to watch, and it wouldn't surprise me to make a run just because – the potential's there, and I, I hope they put it together this year. All right, let's uh, let's finish it off strong here, my friend. So last week was a nice victory in the crafty, crafty pick of the week. The Florida A&M Rattlers said, "Hey, Chris, we got your back. No big deal." Eighty-one to seven. Rattle it out over the Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. It was, God, that's a hard one to say. Sorry, but, Deacon and, and, and Jerry. But I yeah, the Jerry, the Jerry Rice team night didn't plan out so well, so it is what it is. The, the boys are hot. We're one and one. Uh, and with that being said, we're going to stick to our Monday night deal. This game uh, tips off in an hour. Um, yet again, not on ESPN Plus. <laughs> but where are we at? Where are we at? What division? We are in the MEAC. The MEAC Conference. M-E-A-C. Okay. MEAC. All right. Yeah. This, this is, these are where the true hoopers go to play. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> this game is taking place in Princess Anne, Maryland. I feel there's like a British royalty background to this game. I'm not sure. I've never heard of Makes Princess Anne, Maryland. Makes sense for that part of the East Coast, you know? Yeah, so I, I guess stuff. maybe Meghan Markle's going to throw the, uh, the the tip up for the start of the game. I don't know. There could be some royalty. Her and Harry are there to support. I'm, I don't know. Trying. Uh, it's at the the High High Teach Athletic Center. There's a lot of weird names here going on. But South Carolina State is six and fourteen on the year, two and two in the MEAC. They're taking on the Maryland Eastern Shore uh, Hawks. So you got the Shore Hawks, and you're playing against you know some tr- some true hoopers. So Chris, this is a MEAC 
huge game. Uh, both these teams are trying to not hit the panic button either and, you know, work their way back up standing. So you got the, the Bulldogs against the Shorehawks. This game tips off in about an hour. I'm hoping that we, we stay hot. And just so we know from a gambling perspective, this game is a, a one and a half point spread. The, uh, South Carolina State, uh, boys. You gonna let me break down some of it or just, just, just go the whole time? They're a one and a half point favorite. So take it away, brother. So, man, yeah, this is, this is a, I like the names, no doubt about it. South Carolina State Bulldogs. A lot of Bulldogs in South Carolina, I heard. Um, you know, they're on the road though. You know what I mean? Um, they're on a two game winning streak though. Okay. And they put up, Almost ten points a game more than um, oh, dang, this one's tough. Than the Maryland Eastern Shore, I can see the the Hawks make sense. Anytime you're by a shore, you could have some Eagles or Hawks or something like that. Um, and you know they they don't they're they're one in one lately. They they got a dub versus Queen. Yeah, I said it at home. They 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 got a win at with against Queen. Queen College, um, they had some overtime games, two of them recently, so they've been grinding it out, okay? Um, they don't shoot the ball all that well. They don't rebound. Basically, basically, the stats tell you to go with the, the road team. But, you know, back-to-back road teams, my friend, I got to start giving some love to the home team. Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks are going to swoop up. And, you know, the little baby Bulldogs, they're going to swoop up from the, they're going to grab from the, you know, they're going to be hunted, and they're going to grab the little Bulldog. Okay, that's kind of mean. That's kind of mean, so I won't go there. We don't um, want Peter coming after us. Yeah, they've been just grinding, dude. They've been in overtime games. Yeah, they don't have that impressive stretch of two games in a row, uh, you know, wins. But still, I like what I see um, out of this team that I'm not going to be able to watch. So, yeah, I like it. Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks, and I cannot wait. You know, this. the thing is, there's some old-school college football stuff that sneaks up on you. So let's hear what this is uh, made of. Oh, for the alumni, this is this is the first time I've ever done an alumni not knowing a single person on the list of the alumni. <laughs> I might, well, I got some years on you, so I might have to help. <laughs> All right, see. so for, the, for Maryland Eastern Shore famous alumni – the first football name they show is Emerson Boozer. Uh, oh, Art Shell. Art Shell was a former Raiders head yes. coach. Yep. R.I.P., I believe. Yes. Okay. Uh, Johnny Sample. Never heard of him. Uh, Charlie Stooks. Man, this is tough. Uh, what, what? Charlie Stooks. Any, anything else information uh, about the guy? Charlie Stooks. He's got it pictured in a Colts jersey. Okay. Uh, Earl Christie, a baseball player named Iris Smith. Uh, man, this one, uh, damn it. Uh, yeah. Hoover J. Wright looks like a, a political figure picture. Okay. I've heard of him. Yeah. You know. Okay. And then in the, in the fourth row, Chris, for the famous alumni, it just shows you pictures of people in their Hawks jerseys. <laughs> it's just the, the female basketball team. So okay. Ariana Sewell and Zamara Haynes, I'm sure you're great hoopers, but I, I don't. I've never. I've never heard of you. Uh, yeah. Then Let's it gets the into. Let's see the car. Right. Okay. So, South Carolina State famous alumni. Um, Jim Clyburn looks like that's a political figure's picture. Uh, Andrew Eugene Jr. 
uh, Raphael Bush. Man, uh, yeah, this is this might be the first draw, dude. Yeah, uh, I did see. Uh, man, uh, Armstrong Williams looks like uh, Willie Willie Akins was a Kansas City Royal. Okay, this is, I've heard of that name, but yeah, okay. wow, this one uh, bad, man. Yeah, th- this one. I don't know. Um, well, let's see in the bottom row here. Uh, D- Deacon Jones. I thought Deacon Jones was last week too. Deacon Jones. Huh. Deacon Jones. Transfer. Hey, he's he, the one who started the transfer portal. Yeah. Okay. So Deacon Jones is the one guy I know from either school. Uh, oh, Shaq Leonard. Okay. That's a Colts linebacker. I actually know that name. And Javon Hargrave, a 40, uh, uh Pittsburgh Steelers. Lineman. I knew it. I knew there was something in there. Okay. okay. Right. I got the so, I got the South dog. Carolina State alumni barely wins the battle. Thank God, because the Eastern Shorehawks, I was struggling, Chris. <laughs> As the guy that I'm, I think I'm a slightly cultured person, I didn't know a single person on that list. So thank you, South Carolina State, <laughs> for for coming in and helping, helping the boys out. So on that note, hey, this Saturday, from when you wake up in the morning, so when you go to sleep at night, there's good college basketball on the whole day. Uh, and Carolina Dukes at 530, I will not miss that. I will be ready to talk about the game or see if my co-host forgets if the outcome does not go the way I want. But he never seems to forget. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, Marshall, how's it going? Uh, oh, by the way, Carolina Dukes score. How, what? What? I'm like, oh, damn. I, all right, I got you, Chris. So uh, that's always <laughs> a fun one to break down. Uh, the boys will be back tonight. We appre- or, I'm sorry. The boys are out tonight. We'll be we back appreciate next your support. Thursday, by the way. New time for a while. New New night. Thursday back night. next Thursday. So that'll give you time to recover from Carolina, better or worse. We love y'all. We're out. Have a good night. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.